Good morning. So I know today looks a little different. As Jason said, I'm preaching and, and he's not up here. And you might be thinking, who's this handsome guy up here? And again, I'm Aaron. <laughs> and I, I've been interning at the church, like Jason said, for, for, the, for about a year now. And Jason, uh, about a couple months ago, he, he gave me the opportunity to preach. And he said I, I could, could preach to the congregation before I leave for seminary. So at that point, I was thinking to myself, what would I preach? God's word is so vast and so great. There's so many great things to declare. And as I was continuing on in, in that thought process, it occurred to me earlier this summer, about a month ago, that our church is in a, in a unique spot in our, our life right now. I mean, look, look around us. We're, we're not in our normal sanctuary. We're in a gym, and we're about to enter a new sanctuary. And this is all cool and dandy, but I want, I want us to, to remember of, of who we are. So as, as I was thinking about that, uh, the message I wanted to get across was that we are the church. We are the body of Christ. And that doesn't change when we exit this gym and enter this new cool building. That we, we, we stay the same. And I want, I want us to have remembrance of, of who we are, that we may continue on the same, that we may continue on united in Christ. So with all of that, um, God, God put upon my heart to, to preach to you guys today, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 26. So you guys can open your Bibles there. But before we uh, jump into the text, it's important to, to have some context of, of what's happening in, in Corinth right now. So as Paul's writing this letter, there's a lot of fighting and, and rivalry and division amongst the church of Corinth. They, they're dealing with a lot of sexual morality and, and idolatry and just a lot, of, a lot of rivalry. So as Paul continues to write to them, he, 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 he appeals to them that they may, may be unified in one body, that they be, may be unified in one mind in the same judgment, that there wouldn't be any division. Because before, before in Corinthians 12, uh, 1 through uh, 12, Paul goes over the spiritual gifts that, that God has given to us Christians and to the Corinthians. And there's much, much fighting amongst the, amongst the Corinthians about the spiritual gifts. Many teachers and, and pastors and overseers were thinking they were so cool and, and strong because they were gifted by God to declare his word and to lead the church. So this caused much rivalry and much fighting. So Paul writes to us here today in this passage that there is no need for that. There is no need for division, that we are all one, united in Christ that we need each other, that we need to be strengthened and encouraged by each other and care for one another. So with all that in mind, let's, let's go ahead and, and read the text. So 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 26. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. Because if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. For, for if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Because the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. That there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. And if one member is honored, all rejoice together. 
Let's pray. God, I pray that your word is just declared to me today, that you open our, our ears and, and our hearts to understand of, of what you're calling upon us, that we may not have any division amongst the church, that we may continue to love one another and to care for one another and to, to serve you and the body of Christ with the gifts you've given us. God, I pray that this just pierces our hearts and our souls, that we just give respect to you of, of, of your word. And ask all this in your son's name, amen. So we see our first point is we are unified by the spirit in the body. For it says, just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. So Paul gives a really brilliant illustration here. He talks about the human physical body. Just as I'm standing here before you today, I have a hand. The hand is holding the microphone right now. I have eyes, I can see you. I have my, my voice, I can talk to you. I have my ears, I can listen. I have my feet for, to, for walking and standing. You can clearly see that I have many members to my body, many parts that orchestrate me, that make up Aaron. Now, I know this isn't anatomy class, so I'll, I'll be brief with, with all the parts of the body, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the point is here that as I have many parts of my body, it makes up one Aaron. Not two or three, but one. And it's the same with the body of Christ, the church. Many Christians make up the body of the church. They make up the church. All Christians put together. For Paul says in one spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Paul is telling the Corinthians then, and us now and today, that we are all saved through one God, through one spirit. That it doesn't matter who we are, if we're a Jew, a Greek, slave or free, whatever our race is, whatever our gender is, whatever our age is, it doesn't matter who we are. We all have the same testimony that we're saved by grace saved by God from our sin if you have given your life and trusted in Christ um, for, as your Savior. It's just like earlier in Acts when, when Jason preached about this a year ago with the Philippian jailer in, in, in his household. He asked, what must I do to be saved? That he must, must trust in the, in the Lord God with his heart. And his whole family, his whole household trusted in God as their Savior. And at that moment, they received the Holy Spirit that Paul is talking to us about here today. They were baptized into the family of God. They were immersed into God's family to become his children. That's what Paul is saying here. Again, it doesn't matter who you are, what your status in society is, what your wealth is, what your gender or age is. We all have the same story. We drink from one spirit if we have trusted in Christ as our Lord and Savior. We, worship, we are made to worship. We're made to worship the same God the same Jesus and the same spirit. We're unified by Christ because there is no hierarchy in Christianity as the Corinthians were pursuing with their great rivalries. They're pursuing to, to see who's the best, who's the better Christian because I'm preaching, I'm way better than all of you. No, there's no hierarchy in Christianity because we're all saved the same way. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Again, Paul reiterates over and over again to illustrate to us that the body of Christ, you guys right here, the church, as many members. It's pretty evident if you look to your left and right, there's a lot of you guys here and you guys together make up the body. I wanna stress here again and again that you are the body of Christ. As we enter into this new sanctuary, the church isn't that new building. The church isn't this gym. It's you guys. As you were yesterday, today, and tomorrow, you guys are the church. As you were 40 years ago in the old sanctuary, you guys are the church. As we are now and as we are from 50 years from now, FBC Mulvane, the congregants of FBC Mulvane are part of the body of Christ. They're part of the church. No matter what new amenities come with the new building, you are not the coffee bar, even though the coffee bar is pretty cool, right? <laughs> but we are the church. 
We are the body of Christ, us members. Even if we stay in this gym forever, we are the body of Christ. We are unified by one spirit because we have this one thing in common. Even though we, we may have many differences, we have this one thing in common that unifies us together. And that is the spirit that God has given us through his son, the spirit that came to us at Pentecost. And as we know that we, that we uh, remember who we are, that we are the body of Christ, it's in, um, Paul, Paul then tells us that we need to, that we belong in the body. He illustrates that if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. Paul here is, uh, is asking rhetorical questions, of course. He's, again, using um, the, the physical body as, as, a, as a way to illustrate his point. But what he's saying here is, is that all parts of the body belong. Because he says, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Again, we obviously see what, what Paul is illustrating here. He's saying that we all matter. We, we, are, we are all needed. All the parts of my physical body that make up Aaron are needed. My ears are needed for listening. My mouth is needed to, to speak. My tongue is needed to taste, to taste delicious cookies and ice cream. Like, that stuff's good. Sometimes, you know, I don't like my tongue because, you know, like, I want to diet this week, and then I go and eat a gallon of ice cream. But, but still, my tongue's important because it, it's speaking this message to you today. It's speaking God's word. All parts of our body are important, just as much as my, my head is as, as, as important as my gallbladder. All parts of the body are needed. And that's what Paul is trying to say. Because if the whole body were an eye, that'd be creepy. Could you imagine we're all just a bunch of eyeballs just staring at each other? Like, who's going to blink first? Oh, wait, you can't blink because you have no eyelids. It's creepy. And it kind of reminds me of a, of a movie I watched growing up. It's called Spy Kids. Yeah, you, you may have heard of it or watched it with your kids. But anywho, there's these villains, and the, 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 the minions of the villain are these things called thumb-thumbs. Right, thumbs? Yeah. So these, they're these giant thumbs. Their face is a thumb, their arms are a thumb, and their legs are thumbs. They can't do anything. All they can do is like walk around, and they can't jump or do much. It's like grab bulky things, and they're pointless. They're an abomination. They, serve, like, they, like, they can't do much. They don't have hands to grab things or, or mouth to talk. They're, they're worthless. And that's what Paul is saying here. If the whole body were a bunch of thumbs or a bunch of eyes... It'd be worthless. It'd be unfunctionable. And that's what Paul, again, he's telling the Corinthians that you need each other's gifts. As, as much as the pastor is needed in the church, so are the congregants. Imagine if the whole congregation was a bunch of Cameron Tuckers. Well, what would get done? There, there'd be a lot, of, a lot of yelling and fat guys screaming at each other, talking about Chiefs all the day, right? Playing some pickleball. <laughs> but what would get done? It'd be an abomination, right? Yeah. But in reality, this is what Corinth is dealing with. Paul is saying it's an abomination if you take pride over in your gifts. And if it's just a bunch of you, it doesn't matter. That does not make up the body. You need the pastor as much as you need the servant. You need the pastor as much as you need the person that goes to the youth camp and, and cooks for me, right? Yeah, thank you, Janice, for, for cooking. The thing is, like, God is asking us to use our gifts to serve him. As Paul's writing to, to, to the Corinthians, right now he's writing to the Corinthians who aren't using their gifts, the ones who are shying back because of the pressure that's brought with the pride of, of the leaders of the church. So, so this is to all of us, church. God is calling us today to use our gifts, whatever they may be, to glorify him. This makes me think of James Gagney and Matt Canfield. They, they hung up both these TVs and hung up the new TVs in the sanctuary. God has given them the ability to use construction and common sense to hang up TVs that we can, can have the, the TV to sing today. I mean, just, just something small like that, God can use for his glory. And that's what God is calling upon you today and Paul, upon all of us today, is to use whatever gifts God has given us to serve him, whatever it may be, whether it is preaching, whether it is stacking up chairs, whatever, what, 
ugh, even if it's praying with someone, God is calling upon you today to serve him with the gifts and abilities he has given you. And why? Because God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. Because if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. We see here that God calls us to serve him because he chose us. He arranged and made us the way we are to bring about his glory. So we shouldn't shy back and say, I'm not important because I'm not the preacher. We should, we should be astounded that God has given us the natural ability to do whatever it may to serve him. So, so church, God chose you. Did you see that? God chose you. Is there no amen? Like rejoice at that. God chose you. He arranged you to be here at FBC Mulvane to serve him. You sitting here today. So do so. Serve him with whatever gifts God has given you. Because God has chosen you. He arranged you. You are part of the body. Paul now, he switches gears, not, not just addressing those who aren't serving, those who aren't using their gifts, but now he, he's talking to those that have, are filled up with great pride, those who are demeaning the, the other Christians at Corinth. So he says, and uses the human body as an analogy again, he says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. I'm imagining here that the eye and the head, they're just talking, they're just filled up with so much pride and envy, saying, oh, I'm the big dog on campus because I see and, and have the brain inside of me. I control the body, yippee. The fact is, on the contrary, the head and the eye, they need the other parts of the body. The head and the eye cannot live on their own. They couldn't breathe on their own. They couldn't walk on their own. They couldn't get anywhere without the rest, the part of the body. They need the digestive system to process food and, and to, to bring nutrients. They need the heart to pump blood. They need the lungs to produce oxygen. The, the head and the eyes, they need the rest of the body. The seemingly weaker parts are hidden within our flesh. I mean, we don't think much about our, our livers and, and kidneys and everything, but we, we forget so much of, of how much they do for us. They process all the nasty, bad stuff that we eat uh, day in and day out. We, we need our liver just as the head and the eyes, uh, just in the head and the eyes of the church, just as Jason and Cameron and Dave, they need us because we're, we're, we're indispensable. That's, that's what God says right here, that, that we are needed. And He's saying for the Corinthians not to be filled up with so much pride of, of your gifting. For who gave the gift to, to them? God gave the gift to them. It's nothing of their own natural ability that they're, they're serving and doing these things. God gave them this gift. He, he gave them this grace. And he gave them the, the power to preach, the power to teach, the power to serve him. So they should have no pride because they still need the administrators. They need the people to orchestrate things just as we do. God has given us awesome pastors that serve us, that bring us the word day in and day out and lead us greatly. And we see in our church, our church is growing in number and in faith. But the fact is, they need us still. They need you to stack up chairs and to tear them down and stuff because that's a lot of work. They need people to put the TVs on and stuff. They need people to orchestrate because God knows that without like Jill and Susan in the office, I mean, it'd be chaotic. Like God has given us to serve our pastors. It kind of reminds me of Jason's sermon over the past couple of weeks that we're called to bear one another's burdens as we've been seeing in Galatians. And in Galatians 6.6, 6, it says that the one who's taught the word to share all good things with the one who teaches. God has called upon us not only to share good things with each other and bear one another's burdens and love with each other, but to also love our pastors. And that, that's the, the parallel here and what's going wrong is that the, the Corinthians, are, they're not loving each other. Because of their leaders are filled up with great pride, the, the other people are not, are not loving the leaders and not serving them because of these reasons. Now, I'm very thankful that God has given us leaders who aren't filled up with great pride and are very humble. I mean, look at Jason. He, he's much smarter than he appears. I mean, he's... <laughs> I didn't mean it like that, but... <laughs> I meant he's humble. That's what I meant. 
But the fact is, we, we have great humble leaders, but this is, this is a message to them today and to all of us. Don't take pride in the giftings God has given us. Don't take pride in your natural abilities because it's not because of you, it's because of God. He gave you these natural abilities. So serve each other with these natural abilities and, and love each other and encourage each other and walk with each other, do life with each other. And that brings us that we, we also need to protect each other. Not only do we need to love and encourage each other, we need to protect each other. As Paul says, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. Again, Paul is addressing to the Corinthians that you need to give respect and honor to those around you, to the members who are behind the scenes, stacking up the chairs, cooking for youth camps, praying for others. You need to give honor to all those members. And not only do you need to honor them, but you need to protect them. I'm standing before you today in clothes. Thank God, right? See, my, my face is, is naked because my face is used to, to shame and to ridicule of its ugliness. Like I get it all the time from the youth boys. But my shirt is on because my, 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 my torso is not used to the shame and ridicule. It only receives shame and ridicule at the pool and that's for a good reason. <laughs> but I'm standing today clothed because I need to protect my body. I need to protect my image and protect your eyes, more importantly. But as, as I'm protecting my body, it's the same as a, a husband protecting the wife from danger or as your pa- parents protecting you kids from, from the grossness of the world, from the sins of the world. Paul is calling the Corinthians and us to protect each other, protect our members. As, as, as sin creases into our lives, as, as the culture makes its way in, into the church, God is calling us to protect each other, to keep each other accountable, to, to bear one another's burdens. We're, we're facing a new season of life, granted or not, granted, like we're going into a new building. Satan's gonna to try to attack us in any shape or form. So we need to come together and protect one another. We don't, we don't know what danger may, may lie in the, in the near future. We're called to protect each other, be ready, keep each other accountable, pray for one another, love one another, bear one another's burdens. Because that's what Paul is calling us to do here today. And not only that, as we, as we go on, he, he calls us to, 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 to honor each other, to, to rejoice with each other, because he says, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked. All of what we just talked about, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. For if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Paul is telling us here today to honor and respect the body of Christ, to honor and respect people. That's easier said than done, right? I mean, oh yeah, I'll, I'll honor this person, but applying to our lives, it's, it's not just loving and caring for the person sitting next to us, not just our spouse or our children. It, we're called to, to love and care for the whole body, the, the whole congregation, person sitting all the way in the back, you're called to, to care for the person all the way in the front. The youth are called to care for, um, for, all, the, for all their parents and for all the, the elders of the church. The elders of the church are called to care for all the youth. We're called to care for one another, to love one another. So we must apply this and, and make it practical in our life. We need, we need to, to keep each other accountable in the word. We need, we need to, to love each other and just, just pray for one another and do life together. Our mission statements, worship, connect, serve, right? Worship, connect, serve. That has one thing in common. It's all together. We worship together. We did, we did so this morning. We connect together through, through life groups, through, through praying with each other, through, through just casual conversation before and after church. And we're called to serve together, to, to serve the community and to serve the body of Christ with the giftings God has given us. The key word here is together. We're, we're, we're called to care for one another in the body because we're unified together. We're unified through one name, and that's Jesus Christ. We're unif- unified through his spirit. 
even though there may be differences in our ages or genders or whatever, we have this one thing in common, and that's Christ inside of us. That gives us the ability and the love to actually care for one another. So for those who may not, may not know what I'm talking about, so um, it's <laughs> talking about Jesus. So, so my, my testimony is when I was six, God gave me realization of my sin, and I repented of my sin. I asked God for forgiveness and made him the Lord of my life. And from that moment on, I was baptized into the body. I was immersed by the spirit. I was, I was saved. If you don't have a similar story or a similar testimony, I encourage you to come talk to one of the pastors. Come talk to me and, and be welcomed into the body of Christ. Be welcomed into the church. Because that's how we enter the body of Christ. It's through Christ. He's the way, the truth, and life. No one can go to heaven except through him. He is the only path to the Father. And by God's good grace, he sent his son to die for us on the cross for our sins. And he has given us the gift of repentance to ask him for forgiveness, to turn away from our sin. And he says in 1 John that, that he is faithful and just to forgive us from all of our sin, from all unrighteousness. God has given us the promise of salvation. God has given us, given us the promise of the church, the promise of each other. So enter into the body, trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior. And for those who are Christians, continue to trust in Christ, continue to care for one another, continue to love one another. Think to yourselves once again, what are the giftings God has given you? What natural abilities has he given you? And are you serving the church in this way? Are you helping in the youth group, the, the kids ministry, the, the pantry, the, the prayer ministry? There, there's so many avenues that our church has of ministries to serve one another. If you, if you aren't serving in, in a ministry, I encourage you to do so because that's what we see here in God's word today calls us to do. He calls us to rejoice with one another. He calls us to suffer one another, to bear one another's burdens. He calls us to be together and do life together. So are we doing so, church? I, I, I encourage you to, 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 to think upon yourself and, and to do so because you are the body of Christ. You are the church because of God's spirit, because of his son, and because of his love. You are the church. Remain so as we enter into this new building. Remember the love God has given us, the love that he, he gave us 2,000 years ago on the cross, the love he's given us today and the love he's gonna give us tomorrow. Remember who you are. You are a child of God. You are part of the body of Christ, just as you are today, just as you will be five weeks from now, just as you will be 50 years from now. Trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior. Give him, give, give him your life and give him all your hope because you are the body of Christ. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this day. Thank you for, for all you've given us. God, we, we, we come to you today and just thank you for, for your love, that you would call us heirs to the promise with Jesus. That, you, that you've given us the, the capability to, to congregate with each other and, and to rejoice with each other and to love you. God, I, I thank you for, for your word and, and all that you, you've spoken to us today, that we need to stay united under one name, and that's your name, Jesus. God, we just, we just thank you, and uh, I pray that you just give us safe travels this week and, and let us honor and respect you. Amen. Amen. It is not an easy thing to get up in front of an entire church of people, ones that have raised you, you've taught, you've taught you Sunday school and to bring God's word, but we heard God's word today, amen? Amen. Um, Aaron, uh, we're proud of you. We are um, unbelievably proud of you and the man that you have become. Students, I hope you can look up here and you know firsthand the love that this guy has for the Lord, that um, the, the example that he has set. Um, this, Aaron has worked with us, as he said, for the last year as a pastoral intern here at the church. He has spent hours on his own learning the Greek, uh, original Greek language of scripture. He spent numerous hours learning how to study God's word, to formulate sermons, to do all these things so that he could rightly execute God's word to bring to you Today, to bring to the students this summer, he's taught Sunday school all summer long. He's ran our fireworks tent. He's 
memorized everything that's in those Connex boxes and put most of it in there. Um, he has done so much for this church, and we have no doubt as a church staff, and I'm sure you have no doubt as well, that Aaron has been called by God to the vocational ministry. And because of that, our church um, and, it's, and our, our pastors have signed this as well, are giving them a certificate of license uh, to the ministry. And what this is, is it certifies that Aaron here, that our church and our pastors have seen God's call, specific call on his life to the pastorate. And this gives him a license to preach the gospel as he may have opportunity and to exercise his gifts for the work of the ministry. Aaron, we are so so proud of you. Give him a hand for everything that he's done. It's not often you get, a, get an 18-year-old man in here to come and to bring God's word as he did today, and he has. You are uh, an exemplary Christian man and friend, and you are leaving a gaping hole of leadership and service in this church. You're going to be missed, but we're so proud of you and what is to come. Um, I'm going to have Aaron, I'm going to have you stand right down here. Aaron, I'm going to ask your your parents to come. We are going to pray over Aaron as our church sends him out. We do this often with missions groups or missionaries as they go to the field, and he is going to the mission field. Amen? He is going to to Midwestern Theological Seminary in Kansas City to prepare to be a pastor, and we want to make sure that we send him off and we pray over him, lay hands on him. So I'm going to have his parents come, and then if I've got some of his good friends, uh, maybe some Sunday school teachers, some past people, come up and pray uh, over Aaron with us. Let's do that. Let's pray. God, we love you. You are a good and gracious God. God, thank you for Aaron. Lord, thank you for the man that you have made him to be. Lord, for the grace that you've given to him and raised him up for the gifts that you have placed inside of him that you have so evidently called him to, to use for your glory and for your church. God, I pray as Aaron goes to Kansas City, As he goes to study to be a pastor, God, I just pray that you would keep him, Lord, that you would um, give him grace and mercy, Lord, that you would give him a mind to hear and retain all of the knowledge and the information, Lord, that you would give him a church that he could attend week in and week out that would disciple him, Lord, that would love him, give him opportunities to serve and to preach and to lead. God, I just pray that you would uh, keep him from, from sinning, keep him qualified to the pastoral ministry. God, I'm so grateful for his family and for their love for you and their faithfulness to lead him to love you above all else. God, I thank you for that call on his life, God, and for the great things that you're going to do through him. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We do sing, preach, say all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.